superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Oh no, here it goes again. This is the Rich Eisen Show. He's a big boy. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. When did Trey Lance have you? We loved him from the beginning, um, but just to play out the process the way we did, I really started to like Trey as a person to be the quarterback of your team. Where does Jimmy G reside in all of this? Jimmy's definitely our starter right now. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests, Carolina Panthers head coach, Matt Rule, Fox Sports NFL analyst. Michael Vick, plus writer and director John Lee Hancock. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I am your humble host, Rich Eisen, thus the name of the show. I'm just walking (laughs) everybody through everything, okay? Just one by one, segment by segment. Good to see you over there, Chris Bachman. What's happening, man? Good to see you over there, Mike Del Tufo. How are you, TJ Jefferson? A big day for T.J. Jefferson. Up, Rick? We'll explain that in a moment here uh, for everybody. Um, 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on our program, right here on NBC Sports on Peacock, this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. Um, we also want to say hello to our friends on Sirius XM Radio, Odyssey, if you are listening to us on uh, free streaming. Uh, you can do that. Go check everything out. All of our links are uh, tweeted out every single day right before our show by my buddy Chris Brockman. At Rich Eisen Show is our Twitter feed. Same with Instagram. Same with Facebook. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. I want to thank everybody out there who's uh, subscribing. If you haven't, please uh, be part of it. Uh, we are also here uh, to chat with. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Uh, closing in on over 260,000 members of the YouTube community that have subscribed to the show. We want to thank everybody for taking everything in here on our program. Okay. You know, it's it's... I've been at this football thing for a while, right? I've been at this football thing for quite some time. Uh, joining up, hooking up with the old NFL Network in uh, 2003. By the way, I've just been told um, that the schedule release show that has been scheduled for the first time on May the 12th, I will be broadcasting from SoFi Stadium. Nice. Oh, Hollywood oh, nice. Oh. Not our new studios. Literally, they're going to set up a... a the, yeah. On, wow, like 50-yard line? I, I have no idea. That's amazing. That I'm not, I'm not nice. sure where. But uh, that, means, that means uh, I'll be hanging out in SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park for a second straight uh, month. That's awesome. Because, you know, that's where I ran my 40s last month. And we've got Michael Vick on this program to talk about that. Um, but I've been at this for quite some time and uh, 18 years. And 2005 was the first year that I hosted an NFL draft. Now, 17 of those in the books. I don't know if you're aware of that number. I've heard I that I, somewhere. I had no clue. But 05 yeah. was the first year we actually covered an NFL draft pick by pick. It was in, in our Los Angeles studios. 06 was the first year we were at Sight in Radio City Music Hall. And that was the year that Mike Mayock came on and did his mock draft. A Mike Mayock mock draft and, <laughs> and um, walked us through his mock draft. And this is when we all realized Mike... Mike was going places, that Mike was something special, that Mike was some, something different than, um, than many of the rest. Mike pegged Aaron Rodgers to be selected by the Packers 24th overall, 
before the draft. Check it out. Go to YouTube. It's there. Oh, it's real. Yeah. It happened. It I happened. remember we were all like, what are you, really? Like, yep. he's going to go that far. He's going to last that long. Yep. And, you know, this is before Twitter, before anything's out there. And, you know, that probably would have gone viral, almost as viral as Chris Sims saying Justin Fields was going to go to Tampa, 32nd overall, <laughs> prior to this year's draft. But, you know, Mike called his shot, and sure enough, it happened. And we all know the story. We all know the story about how Favre was not happy about it, how he froze Rodgers out at the very beginning, and um, and then it took Rodgers several years to get on the field. Favre was going to retire, then he was not, then he was right, retiring, then he wasn't, then he was uh, going to <sighs> the Jets because it was over everybody's dead bodies that they would trade Favre within the conference, and we all know Brett wound up back in the division, and that made for a lot, and so on and so forth. If you had told me then, throughout that entire process, when I was on NFL Total Access, recording the drama, reporting the drama, number of times I would say to call Susie up and say, hey, Suze, you know that those dinner plans that we had? Out. We're not having them, because I got to stick around for Favre, or... Uh, hey, you know, uh, that New Year's Eve, hey, I'm, I'm coming home. I'll, I'll be at the party, actually, because Brett told Andrea Kramer after the game on NBC Live after Sunday Night Football, which was the last game of the year on New Year's Eve, that he was actually coming back. So that saved us all the trouble. I mean, the number of times that I had to sit around waiting for Favre to make a decision and it affected me and everybody on the NFL Network, I lost track. If you had told me then, in many of those downtimes, many of those moments that I'd be just staring at the space, staring at the ceiling, saying, is Favre going to come out of the locker room and tell us what we need to know now or what? Or the number of times that we would spend our entire show, is Favre retiring? Is he not? Is he thinking about it? If you had told me in any of those downtimes that Aaron Rodgers, at age 37, would be in the role of Favre, with somebody else in the role of Aaron Rodgers, I would have said, you are absolutely Pooping me. <laughs> I'm best at it. Bat, bat poop crazy. But bat that's what's happening. It is deja vu all over again, to use the great Yogi Fritz. <laughs> I cannot believe we're sitting here today on May the 4th. Be with you. Be with you, yeah. End 2021. Talking about Aaron Rodgers in the role of four. And some kid named Jordan Love in the role of Aaron Rodgers. And he, just like Aaron Rodgers, is sitting in the draft room saying, someone going to take me? Or obviously in a pandemic, not in a draft room. But you know what I'm saying? 26th overall. First round selection. Except nobody watched Jordan Love play a lot of his football in college the same way that we were watching Aaron Rodgers you know, shock USC in the Pete Carroll era a couple of times and just do a lot of great things at at Cal, watching some Pac-10 football back in the day. I can't believe we're in this situation where Rodgers is forcing the hand of the front office of Green Bay and the front office of Green Bay, we love you. All those great years, incredible. But... You know, we got this young guy that we drafted. You're going to turn 38 this fall. We know you're the MVP, but 
I don't know the contract terms that is being discussed with Aaron Rodgers and his representative and the Packers that went kablooey and having all the reports of their discontent and discord made public on Thursday. I don't know what those contract demands are, but as I said yesterday, I believe the demands that Rodgers and his representative are putting on the table make it difficult for the Packers to put Jordan Love on the field early enough for them to understand whether a fifth-year option should be picked up. The amount of reps that would take for Jordan Love to even get ready to get on the field to prove whether his fifth-year option is worthy of being picked up. The contract demands that Rodgers is, is, is making or making has to be a timetable that Green Bay cannot accept if Jordan Love is their quarterback of the future and the time is ticking and Rodgers knows it and he's forcing the hand of the front office. And then you've got the front office sitting there saying, we're the ones who are the stewards of this franchise long after Aaron Rodgers is gone. We saw this kid. It was an opportunity to have him. He wasn't even ready to be that backup guy if Rodgers got hurt. And you know how many years Rodgers had gotten hurt and then the Packers season goes to crap. Yep. He was the third string quarterback last year. He wasn't even ready to fill that role last year. And who knows if he's ready to fill that role this year. And now the conversation is maybe he's going to have to fill the role of starter come September. I still, even though I heard driving in today on Dan Patrick's show, coming in to work, and Dan precedes us on NBC Sports on Peacock every day, Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers for ESPN and has been around forever, put it at a 5% chance that Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback week one. Maybe less than because he sees everybody deeply entrenched. I still can't believe that they will trade him. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be wrong. Tune in after the June 1st salary cap uh, threshold or deadline or whatever. The new league year started, as we know, back in March. But if you trade somebody or cut somebody after June 1, they're not going to cut him. But if you trade somebody after June 1, the salary cap ramifications are easier to accept and absorb another reason why there was no trade on draft night. Along with the fact that they're not going to throw something like that together in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, right, you know, right, And as right. we learned yesterday right. on this show, Kyle Shanahan was the one who called Matt LaFleur his old buddy. Said, hey, bud. On Thursday, after all these reports coming out. And he said, I didn't want to wake up Friday morning and seeing Aaron Rodgers on another team that he was potentially on the block. I I had to call my friend. So you're not throwing that all together. And plus, it just didn't, it wasn't going to work. But after June, now you can actually make a deal with somebody. And again, I said yesterday, what I'm hearing 
was my take on Friday that why would Rodgers, if he wants to control the end game of his career, go and accept a trade into the division with the best, young, most dynamic player who is compared to his skill set more than anybody in the league in Mahomes, where the Chiefs are building a dynastic run having gone to the last two Super Bowls, which Rodgers could not because the last two NFC representatives bounced him in the championship game. Why would he go then to the division where Mahomes lives and resides? And like I said, I was then told in return by a couple of people that, you know, Rodgers is at goat level. Like that sort of stuff is not going to stop him. No. If he thinks it's a great spot for him where you're ready to win now. You know what's a great spot for him, ready to win now? Green Bay. Boom. On the nose, sir. That's why I think somebody in that front office will realize, as much as you want your young quarterback in Jordan Love to be your next resort, What if you gave him a couple of years and you're like, okay, we're just going to have to pick up a fifth-year option sight unseen. Sight unseen. And by that point, Jordan Love will be potentially ready to go three years in this system. Rodgers will be 40 at that point in time. You got the final remaining years. Maybe you get Brady-like success in those years after the Patriots sent Jimmy G away. We all know the Patriots and Brady won two more times. And Love could be ready by then after being inactive all 16 games in his first year. I'll tell you this. Nice higher register. I don't know. I'm (laughs) I'm trying to figure this out because – Roger's best spot is to stay put. That's why he's making all this noise. He wants to stay put. Yeah, but he wants to be paid like Pat Mahomes. He also wants to have the security where he's not going somewhere on a timetable that's not his own. Right. And the Packers want Jordan Love to be the next guy. And they don't do deals with guys who are 38, 39, and 40 and paying guaranteed dollars on the come. They don't do that. Maybe they got to figure that out. But I'll tell you this, if I'm in the league right now, and I know this might be a total waste of time, but you want to take your shot, you ask for Rodgers, obviously first, you're told no. You know what you do? Ask for Jordan Love. Yes! (laughs) Ask for Jordan Love. Ask for him. And see what happens. What a next several weeks and months there's going to be. Terry Bradshaw's chimed in on it. We'll talk about that later on in the program. Calling Aaron Rodgers weak. John Lee Hancock, uh, the director of The Little Things, which is out on DVD. I'm holding it up right here. Uh, talk about Academy Award winners. Well, they are. Denzel Washington, Rami Malik, and Jared Leto all in this. And John Lee Hancock, also the director of The Rookie and The Blind Side, two sports movies that people mention all the time. He's going to be joining us in hour number three. 
Michael Vick will join us top of hour number three. I'll ask him about what he thinks of Aaron Rodgers and also him running a 4.72 for my run, Rich Run. Ooh, baby. And wait to hear what miles per hour he topped at because we are having uh, one of the executives, John Pollard from Zebra Technologies, which donated generously to present Run Rich Run and also put devices on us while we were running to get our top speeds and equate them to current players today. That'll be amazing. Wow, that's awesome. TJ Jefferson has already appeared on The Price is Right on the East Coast and is appearing on The Price is Right in the middle of the second hour of the show (laughs) when I will turn to you and ask you what did go down when you recorded this about five weeks ago. That day has arrived. Finally. You will reveal... If you did make it to Contestants Row, what happened when you made it to Contestants Row? And if you got anything more than a nice parting gift, I cannot (laughs) wait to hear about all that. And what pricing game, if you got out of Contestants Row, you played. We are all prices Right freaks. I cannot wait for that. But coming up, we have another head coach in the NFL. Yesterday, it was Kyle Shanahan. Matt Rule, the new head coach of Sam Darnold. Why did they trade for him? Why did they not take Justin Fields? Or Mac Jones when they had the opportunity. Why did they go J.C. Horn over Patrick Sertan? Right. Lots of great questions to ask Matt Rule, the head coach entering his second full year there in Carolina. That's next. Don't go anywhere. An actual head coach in the National Football League. We've also got Frank Reich later on. Brandon Staley later on this week. Arthur Smith of the Falcons. Mike McCarthy. Of the Dallas Cowboys is scheduled hey. to join us later on this week as well. We are locked and loaded on what's going on in the National Football League and the NFL draft that just completed. Don't go anywhere. We're back with Matt Rule in a moment. Let's talk about the epic speed driver, everybody. Callaway is using artificial intelligence to bring you the future of speed. It's something called jailbreak speed frame in all of the epic drivers, which is an AI-designed structure that connects the top and bottom of the driver right behind the face, enhances torsional stability and impact. Let me put it into plainer English for you. It reduces the amount of the driver head twists and deforms when you hit the ball. That means more energy stays in the driver face, transfers to the ball, ball go far. And it's just for every player, about every player, because all the Epic drivers have that jailbreak speed frame. Most players are going to love the forgiveness of the Epic Max. That's what I use. The Epic Speed is the fastest Epic. Better Players Epic Max LS capitalizes on the Tour Preferred combo of low spin plus high sp- stability. Check out the Epic family of drivers at CallawayGolf.com slash Epic. Back with Matt Rule of the Carolina Panthers in a moment. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself you know the deal you know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep it's a game changer for all of us so sleep number helps me my sleep number setting is 60 my wife's setting is 70 we both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side improve your quality sleep because sleep number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 40 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com you said how aaron paul you were thinking of killing off his yeah. character by the end of season one the original idea was you know you always got to come up with a great season ender you want a cliffhanger of, of an episode to keep folks watching uh, next year and and my thought early on before i even met aaron before we cast aaron uh, was was to have this young guy uh, former student of, of walter white played by brian cranston uh, give Walt his entree into the business, sort of show him the ropes of criminality. Uh, and then at the end of that first season, that character, Jesse Pinkman, would get horribly killed in some very cinematic, graphic way that I never quite nailed down. But he would be murdered by some rival drug dealers, and Walt would feel very guilty, and then he would seek revenge, and that would propel us into season two. Then I meet Aaron Paul, and I cast this young guy, and he's fantastic in the role and he's such a sweet guy to boot he's just a wonderful guy that i think we're proud of shooting the second episode and i was hanging out on the set uh with him you know sitting in those chairs near the monitors and, and i just make a conversation i say you know i was gonna kill you off that was the original plan he goes what he gets, <laughs> right. he gets all like nervous he goes what, what, are, you, what are you talking about no it's, it's, it's a good thing it's a good thing mm -hmm. and i tell him the story i just told you but he's not hearing the compliment contained within he's just thinking oh my god am i get killed off and i told this story to brian cranston i think he wandered by uh, as he's hearing the tail end of this and he he was relentless for the next six years he'd get every time he got a script for a new episode before aaron did he'd look through and he'd read it and then he'd go up to aaron he'd say buddy and he'd put his start massaging his shoulders it was it was uh this next one it's at least you're gonna go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron, it never got old because Aaron, God bless him, his eyes would just go wide like a deer in the headlights. Well, because anything could happen on this show. Well, and yeah. that was what was such a great thing for me, consuming it, watching it, is you just really never knew. I, I see something off camera. I'm wondering what, what oh, that, yes. that, what, 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 what is that? Did you bring this? I did indeed. And this is a gift for you and your studio. No way. This is, uh, for, for, uh, this is of course, uh, uh, the character of Gustavo Fring, uh, played by the, the amazing, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh -huh. And this is, this is him post, uh, 
Spoiler alert, this, yeah. is, this is him That's posting. That's a bad uh, moment in the nursing home. Uh, very a, bad moment very, in the nursing very home. Very bad moment. And a wonderful artist. Uh, this was part of a, uh, an art show we had a couple of years ago where, where uh, artists uh, who were inspired by Breaking Bad came up with various uh, artworks. And this is, this is one of them. I we're love gonna, this one. We're going to put this on the wall. Oh, man. Thank you. You'll always have a place here, Vince. That was the first day we were on the air in October of 2014. Oh, that was our first in-studio guest in the history of the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Latest uh, guest in the uh, history of the Rich Eisen Show has been on before. Pleased to have back here after his second draft as a head coach in the National Football League. Carolina's Matt Rule. How are you, coach? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Greatly appreciate it. it w- what was it like in your draft room uh, the number of times I'm sitting there on the set and I'm hearing the Panthers are trading down, I lost track, cause, and then you moved up. I mean, you were all over the board. What was it like that night in the I weekend? I think there were, there, were, there were a lot of nervous coaches and scouts. <laughs> they right. sat there and they watched other people draft them. But, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day it worked out. It was, um, it was, uh, it was nerve-wracking at the time, to be quite honest, you know, because you're taking some gambles. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, risk, you know, the, the risk wasn't outweighed by the reward. So let, let's uh, let's jump right into it, if you don't mind. Uh, you had the choice of every defensive player on the board. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. Uh, that's that had never happened in the history of the draft. That that uh, somebody eighth overall could be sitting there having every defensive player at their at their ready because the draft had never started with seven offensive players in a row. Um, were you close to making it eight offensive players? You know, we had we had thought about it. I mean, we we liked a lot of the guys that that you know, obviously the guys that went before us and and uh, the the guys that were there. Um, but you know, we we looked at J.C. Horn as as like being the perfect uh, the perfect player for us. A great player, you know, son of an NFL player, so he's grown up in it. Loved the way that he plays, and then obviously fills a need for us. And so, um, I think anytime you can get a guy that you feel really good about, not just what they do on tape, but also you know who they are and their and their mental makeup. You know, um, it was it was a pretty easy pick for us. Well, I mean, uh, you you had like I said, every defensive player available to you, and there was Patrick Sertan as well. I know you just kind of mentioned that you liked the fact that his dad played in the league and he maybe grew up around the sport. What? Why? Why else? J. C. Horn over Patrick Sertan from Alabama. You know, I don't think anything uh, uh, negative to either player. I of just think you know, as, as we. As we as we spent time with JC on Zoom, you know, I went to the pro day as I just kind of watched him walk around and interact with people. I, you you can just feel his competitiveness, and so, you know, that that's that's something that I that 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 I love. And um, uh, there were lots of other guys that we knew, like, hey, these guys would help us and they'd come in and play for us. But but JC, um, there was just a certain edge, a certain vibe to the way that he plays that that just kind of jumped off the tape. And I think it wasn't just me. I mean, I think our, our, our secondary coach, our coordinator, our GM, I, thought, I think everyone felt that. And, and, you know, he is the way that we want to play. And uh, was it any point of view, because, again, I'm sure you're very happy to get him and excited to get him, any point at all you're like, am I ever going to choose an offensive player in the draft? Because, <laughs> I mean, that, your entire first draft was defensive players, Coach. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, I looked over at the offensive staff, and you, know, you could you could see them. And then I, I think Mr. Tepper, our owner, you know, he was you know he he was kind of saying, "Are we ever going to do someone on offense?" In a kind of in a joking way, but um, you know, again, we 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 loved the kid. And then they got back in the second round, and we were able to get a wide receiver, and and then you know a couple offensive players after that. So, um, but yeah, there were there were definitely some guys on offense that were like, "Why do we even write these reports if you're not going <laughs> to?" Nice. I mean, wide out, tackle, tight end from Notre Dame and Tommy Tremble, and then 
Chuba Hubbard, who had a terrific career at Oklahoma State, all all four offensive players after all of that. But uh, in terms of uh, an offensive player, Coach, I, I think I'm not telling any tales out of school that the uh, NFL media writ large, the number of people that I spoke to prior to the draft that were saying Carolina absolutely would take a quarterback if the quarterback was available, despite having acquired Sam Darnold, who I'll get to with you in a second. You had Justin Fields and also Mac Jones on the board. Uh, were, were they not ranked high enough? Walk me through why you didn't actually go in that direction. No, no, I love those guys, and I think that they're going to be great NFL players. Um, you know, I just think uh, for us, um, when we got Sam and uh, just, you know, again, you know, no one, you know, he's 23 years old, just turned 24. We, we just felt like um, – Sam plus another player, you know, uh, would be better for the team overall. You know, Bill Parcells once said, you know, uh, one, one, you know, one player can't do it alone. And so we're just trying to build the whole team. And, and I just believe in Sam. I believe that, you know, he deserves the opportunity to go out and, and play with us. And uh, I, think, I think those other young quarterbacks are going to be fantastic players. But, but you know, the, the, the hit rate on first-round quarterbacks isn't real, real high. And to have a chance to get J.C. Horn and have Sam Darnold, we just kind of felt like, hey, this is two for one. Um, now we just have to make sure Sam's a great player for us. Well, I mean, Coach Matt Rule of Carolina Panthers here on the Rich Eisen Show, uh, I think I've said this to you before, and if not, you may already know it. Or, or, uh, as a Jet fan um, who was, you know, at the time also hoping maybe <laughs> you would get hired there um, a couple of years ago, hearing the words deserve the opportunity and associated with Sam Darnold like, uh, you know, Huzzah for that. Like, yes, he deserves it. He deserves the opportunity and the conversation about him not being properly evaluated because of the circumstances surrounding him in New York for the first three years. I lost track of the number of times I hear that. How did you evaluate him? How are you able to evaluate him by saying, let's go get him? Uh, as an organization, how are you able to do that? Yeah, this all happened kind of in a, in a, in a weird way. You know, um, you know, we, we we were sitting there one day on defense, and we were we, I can't remember we were watching we were watching a cut up, and you know Sam was playing on the other side of the ball, and a couple times he made some throws, and uh, Phil Snow, our defensive coordinator, was like, man, that kid looks like Matt Stafford, and so we put a we put a couple games on him. This is the defensive staff. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, you know what? Every game we watch, that he makes a couple of big time plays, and um, there has to be some meat on the bone there. And so, I uh, kind of went through the process and kept watching him, and and going back and watching him in college, and watching his pro day, and then going back and watching his first year in a different offense, and the second year, and his third year, and um, you know when the compensation was enough where, you know, we didn't have to give up what we thought was too much, you know, that would hurt our team and a chance to get him here. We had watched so much tape on him that we saw enough shining moments. And then you know, what's been really good for us is after getting him here, um, you know, talking to guy, talking to Robbie Anderson who played with him, talking to other guys who played with him, there's not many guys who've been his teammates who say anything bad about him. Like they all have believed in him and believe that he can be good. And hearing, you know, some of his former coaches talk about him, they believe that he can be good. And so I've always been kind of a, 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 a nurture versus nature guy. You know, I think uh, people have to be in the right situations and you know, hopefully a change of scenery is what he needs, and hopefully, um, you know, he comes here and plays with Robbie again and DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey and can just go out there and be one of the guys and, and, and play well. And he's insanely positive too, Matt. I mean, the number of times that I would run into him at, 
you know, at events or at the Super Bowl after the Jets had a, a disappointing season, and he would say, we gonna, we've got this. We're going to get this right. I kind of would look at him as then you've spent time in New York, you know, so you just say, really? And you kind of look at him in the face and say, does he really believe it? And he does. Like, he's an insanely positive person on top of it. How much from your experience while you were maybe kicking the tires in the Jets and vice versa a couple of years ago when you went back to Baylor, did you utilize any of that conversations that Sam I imagine you were connected with him in that process that you were able to lean on that as you acquired him this time around yeah when 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 the when the Jets the folks uh, first class folks when they came to Waco to enter you know to interview me one of the first things they did was pull out an iPad and had me you know uh, uh, FaceTime or Skype or whatever it was with right. Sam and this is after his first year and he you know had a pretty good first year and, and we're talking and the thing that always hit me was you know, he, he didn't want to know who the offensive coordinator was. He didn't want to know what kind of offense we were going to run. He didn't care who the quarterback coach was. You know, he was asking me about the culture of the team, about the way things would be run. Uh, he was interested in, like, you know, in discipline and accountability. And to me, when your best players, when you're starting quarterback, when, you know, you know, when you're tailback, when you're starting linebacker, when, when your best players uh, are, are, are yearning and believe in discipline, accountability, process, all those different things – you, you have a chance, and that always stayed with me. And, you know, that one didn't work out. But, you know, coming into this, I knew without having a chance to talk to him, I knew that he believes in the same things that I believe in, you know, that it's not just talent. You know, it, it's talent that is all pulling in the same direction. And so uh, that, that interaction with him made me feel better when, when we made the trade. Matt Rule, Carolina Panthers head coach here on the Rich, Rich Eisen Show. How's McCaffrey doing? I mean, I, I do see him on Instagram every now and then, living La Vida Loca. Uh, but is he is, is he is he back to one hundred percent, ready to roll, whole bit for this season? Yeah, yeah I think Christian's. Uh, you know, he's at one hundred percent, and I think he's he's going to have a fantastic year. You know, um, you know, I see him sometimes walking in and out of the building. Um, he's you know he, he's he's I think last year was just. You know, the toll of a couple of seasons in college and in the pros, you know, he's done a lot. I think, you know, it's all just kind of caught up with him for a bit, and I expect him to come out this year and, and hit the ground running. And I know he's excited. I know he's mentally in that in, in a really good place and physically in a really good place as well. well and I know it, it, it's kind of a very touchy subject, certainly with him, because that was the conversation coming out of college, is that he was a fine piece of Stanford China, you know, that, uh, that, that few people saw play because he was dominating at 12 Eastern time at midnight and that he wouldn't be able to run between the tackles, and man, did he carry uh, a large load. Are, are you planning on still having that large load placed upon him in 2021? Yeah, I think, I think you know, um, we, want, we want to do that within reason. You know, we want to give him every chance to affect the game, but at the same time, you know, we also, we also want to make sure that, that we keep him healthy for, you know, for 17 games, and, you know, we want to be a team that goes to the playoffs, so we also want to, you know, have him hitting his stride late in the year, so... You know, drafting Chuba was a big part of that, you know, and making sure that, you know, we had a, a guy that, you know, we could spell him with, some of the other guys that we have here already. So we'll use him, but we'll just try to make sure that we're really smart about, uh, about the toll that he takes. And then about the future here, Coach. I mean, you got, as you point out, a 23-year-old quarterback. We all know Brady is sometime going to have to retire, right? Uh, Matt Ryan, uh, the Falcons just decided to uh, – draft in a manner that keeps, sticks with him as he's approaching 40 and we all know that the Saints have just lost their goat quarterback do you feel like you're positioned to be the team of the future in this division Matt Rule 
Um, you know, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, we, but we, we, we've taken an approach, you know, um, you know, when I got here, there was a lot of guys that were kind of, you know, ready to move on. And so, you know, over the course of two years, we've really turned a lot of the roster over. And I think, you know, our average age on this team is like 24 years, 24.2, you know, we're the youngest team in the NFL. And so, um, there's a nice cohort of guys, you know, McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Sam Darnold and, and, and guys on defense, Jeremy Chin, they're all kind of, they're all kind of growing up in this program together. So we want to be a team that, you know, with these draft picks we just drafted that can be really good for a while. And the other teams in the NFC South are outstanding teams. Um, we just, uh, we're just a young team that's, you know, hopefully really hungry and, 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 and ready to make some noise. You know, I know it's, I, I always sometimes coach, uh, when I ask, when I'm asked like, what's it like to work for the commissioner, Roger Goodell, what's it like to work for your boss? It's, you know, you, 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 you're always wonder if the answer is, you know, straightforward. People wonder, you know, like, am I really telling the truth? Who, who's going to tell the truth about their boss? So on and so forth. But what is it like coaching for a hedge fund manager? What's that like? Oh, I, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I, I, you know, I, I love working for Dave Tep, David Tepper. Like, um, the, the the questions he asks, um, you know, like like I, he he leaves the football to me and Scott, you know, um, but he he asks unbelievable questions because he sees the world in such a special way. And so, um, like what? I, you got a good example of a uh, good, what do you got for me? I, I can't even think of something off the top of my head. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I just think he's always, you know, he's always, he's always saying, "Why or have you thought of this?" And anything from like, you know, just just the way that we travel to everything. I mean, he's just got such a unique eye and a unique way of seeing things. And to me, that's so valuable. Like, I think when you put a staff together, like if everyone thinks the same, then then really no one's thinking. And so, um, to have someone on the outside that 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 is constantly asking questions and good questions and coming up with ideas, um, I think it's I think it's I think it's really important. And at the same time, this is he, he's a he's a tremendous person. I mean, this is a guy that like. This is a guy that, like, you know, talks to my son, you know, before the Baylor game and, you know, wants to, you know, I mean, this is a guy that knows my kids' names. This is a guy that, you know, calls players on the team when things happen. This is a guy that, you know, my assistant just had a baby yesterday and, you know, Mr. Tevers one of the first people to reach out to him. I mean, he he cares a lot about the people in the organization. So I, I'm, I'm really blessed and, and certainly have a great owner. I love what you just said because uh, it kind of sums up a lot here. When When everybody's thinking the same, no one's really thinking. What did you mean by that? I think I know what you mean by that, but um, wh- yeah, I mean, what does that mean? Well, I just think that, you know, um, you can have a lot of group think, especially in the NFL where everyone's kind of afraid every year, hey, am I going to lose my job? <laughs> right. you know, what do I got to do to keep my job? Hey, just keep, you know, keep things simple. Like, you know, uh, Bill Parcells, you know, used to believe, you know, would talk about how conflict is needed. And, you know, really at the end of the day, like, I, I want to ha- be a part of a staff where we're not afraid to go in a room and argue and sometimes loudly um, with different ideas and different opinions. And we never say to ourselves, well, that's the way we've always done it. You know, we're always trying to do something better and new and unique. <clears throat> I think when you have that, A, everyone feels like they have a voice, but B, you have a chance to be innovative. You have a chance to be on the cutting edge because you're not just doing what everyone else does. And so um, we want people who speak their mind. And, and I think what's really cool about the Carolina Panthers is, 
there, there's no, you know, we don't compartmentalize that. You know, uh, I expect Scott Fitterer to walk into me and say, hey, why are we playing so-and-so there? Um, and just like I want him to hear my opinion about personnel. And, and you know, we don't want to say, hey, everyone just stick to your area. We want to be a place where we talk and communicate and, and argue. And at the end of the day, when we make a decision, man, we're, we're, we're rocking with it. So if you don't mind conflict, it's okay if J.C. Horn brings a cell phone? On the field, we're good with that. Then? <laughs> is that good? I got to tell you now, this is this is true. Uh, when I went to the pro day, yeah, I was pulling up the park and I saw Joe Horn walk, walking in the parking lot, and I kind of turned into like seventeen, sixteen-year-old Matt Rule. Like I, I like stopped the car in the middle of the parking lot and got out and just said. Mr. Horn, my name's Matt Rule. I'm the head coach of the Panthers. It's really just kind of such an honor to meet you. And, and uh, because, like, he's someone I, I looked up to and respected and, as a player, and um, now he's just a dad, which is awesome. But uh, I, I, I definitely fanned out for a minute. Yeah, plus there's no flip phones anymore, too, right? <laughs> it's all That's smartphones right. now. Hey, before I let you go, did you reach out to Scott Drew? Um, you know what it's like building a championship team in Baylor or attempting to win a national championship? In Baylor, um, and I'm sure you must have had a lot of interaction with him on the campus after they yeah. won. Yeah, I mean, I love Scott Drew. I, uh, I, um, I, you know, obviously I texted him after the win, but you know, I always I thought the the, the the week the game before the final game, you know, they were shooting really poorly and um, from three, and, and he made a halftime adjustment, man, and they they started taking the ball to the rim in the second half and found a way to win and go to the championship game. And I texted him after that game. I said, I don't know anything about basketball coach, but that's one of the best <laughs> coach games I've ever seen. And he, he uh, when I was at Baylor, he was crucial to our success. Uh, he, How so? Because he, he, he would always reach out. He knew people in town. He would always be positive. You know, we went through a lot of really hard stuff at mm-hmm. Baylor early on. And, you know, um, it, was, it took a tremendous toll, I think, on all of us on the staff as people. And he was someone that always had our back and always was positive with us, as was Kim Mulkey, um, you know, another national championship coach. So uh, I was really happy for Scott, and uh, I'm excited for Coach Mulkey now as she heads to LSU. Yeah, well, yeah no doubt. And, and, I mean, if anybody knows about tough beginnings at Baylor, it certainly would be Scott Drew. I mean, my gosh, and taking over. So, um, yeah, he he came on the show, and boy, did that team that that team just spanked everybody in the tournament. And I just figured I'd I'd, I'd ask you what you thought about it. So, he's a good yeah. dude. Thanks for the call, Coach. Really appreciate. Thanks. Always enjoy our chats. Look forward to doing it maybe during the summer before the season. We'll chat. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. You got it. That's Matt Rule, everybody. Carolina Panthers head coach. I'm obviously biased towards Sam Darnold, Samilton. <laughs> I was so happy when they chose J.C. Horn because I'd have been like, are you kidding me? Yeah, for sure. That this guy gets the opportunity with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. I don't know if Brady would have been on his staff because the concept, the word was that Matt Rule wanted to bring his staff and the Jets were nervous about having so many young people on the staff that didn't have a lot of NFL experience. That was the conversation why it didn't work out between Matt Rule and the Jets. But Matt Rule, Matt Rule knew Sam Donald from that, obviously knew what Sam Donald and Robbie Anderson can do and knew if it's just a 2-4 a, a and a 6 over a span of two years, go get somebody who's 23 with a bunch of experience, younger potentially than some of the quarterbacks that are going to get drafted in 2021 or were drafted last year and go to work. Certainly if your defensive staff thinks of him, he's Matt Stafford reincarnate. So I would have thought, like, could you imagine? I'm sitting there just holding my breath. Carolina Panthers select Justin Fields. No offense to Justin Fields. It's just like, really? 
That's why this whole conversation, we will draft that quarterback. Again, I was hearing about this draft. Then we'll take a break. I was hearing about this draft that if Trey Lance was dropping, a whole bunch of teams would have been interested in flying up the charts to go get him. You heard about Saints thinking about getting in the top 10. Yep. You heard about Carolina. Where are we, doing? we might take a quarterback now. Bill was making calls. I was hearing that was all for Trey Lance. Interesting. Because the Niners, everybody was shrug emoji, except for very few people who had a great sense of things. But Niners took Lance because I think he was the most talented upside of all the three that weren't going to be drafted first two overall. And then, of course, there'll be the conversation whether Lance was worthy of the second overall pick if Zach Wilson falters. But I was glad to see Carolina saying, we made this play, and it is right. Sam Darnold, plus a player like J.C. Horn, better than let's start the clock again with Justin Fields and have this conversation of when we're going to get somebody on the field and not. Smart move. Take a break. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. We see there's phone lines lit. We'll take your calls before hour number two, where we get the TGIF, TPIR, <laughs> reveal from TJ Jefferson. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. We sent you this uh, song that we kind of created based <laughs> off of Nick Saban. He stepped to the podium. This is, when was this, November, December? Chris was right around there. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, no. yeah, early November. Yeah, he steps to the podium and he starts talking about how somebody who strolled past coming to the podium, they just had torn up jeans, ripped up jeans, holes in them. And I heard it and I said, you know what? If we set that to music, it sounds like a country music song. We figured, you know what, uh, since you are an award winner, you are... As good as they come, man. You are, Trace. Don't worry. You're so humble. Let me talk about that. Well, so, so. We, so we figured, uh, we wrote the lyrics out. We wrote his soliloquy out for you, right? Do we have the, yeah. the lyrics? Yeah, there? Right. Okay, got you got it right there. And, but, okay. We can, anyway. No, no, no. Set it up however you wish. You got your own way of doing it. Here we go. Trace Atkins, everyone, on The Rich Eisen Show, doing Nick Saban's How Do We Get Here? I guess I just want to know how we got here. Not to offend anybody out there. 
but I just walked by some jeans, wore out jeans with holes in them all cut up. I just remember when I was a kid in West Virginia, I was ashamed to go to school because my jeans were wore out, only because we didn't have any better. Now they buy them that way, and I just want to know, how did we get here? Tell me, how did we get here? Don't understand these kids these days. Guess I never will. Somebody please, please tell me. How did we get here? People, how did we get here? Is that, I, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, somebody just, my manager just a few minutes ago showed me mm-hmm. the new laminate that we have for our tour this year. Because yes. we were trying, we, were, we didn't know what we were going to call this tour this year. So, I hope there's no copyright infringement. <laughs> my tour this year is going to be the How Did We Get Here Tour. Yeah. <laughs> in the day youtube.com slash rich eisen show for everything that's back in the day on this program if you're watching on a streamer on peacock uh, or on a streaming device you can watch us on your uh, desktop go to peacocktv.com and uh, make sure everybody uh, downloads it and gets our show that would be terrific uh 844-204-RICH is the number to dial michael vick's going to join us in hour number three of this show back here on our show back here uh in los angeles california it is, uh, let's go to the phone lines. Jeff in Detroit. It's been a while since we've chatted with you. What's up, Jeffrey? What's going on, Unc, my cousins? Jeff. Jeff. All hey, Jeff. Well, what fellas, up, though? All is well. Listen, great job on the draft, man. I mean. Thank you. And you had some, some really good pointers. I just want to say, though, in reference to every Green Bay fan, they've never had to worry about a quarterback or a quarterback situation over the last, what, three, four decades? Because... They constantly have somebody in their corner. How can this man do his job without the proper tools? You don't send a Mercedes Benz to a $2 car wash or a Jiffy Lube. You take care of it. That man is one of the best quarterbacks that will be going, that'll go down in history. His numbers are off the charts, and he should have many more Super Bowl rings. My question to you is this. If they would have went ahead and gave him the, the tools that he needed, do you think he would have more Super Bowl rings than he has right now? Well, I think the tools that he needed uh, were a few years ago towards the end of the Mike McCarthy era or towards the back end of the Mike McCarthy era, you know, Jeff. And I appreciate you chiming in because and I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, um, I think the Packers in the last couple of years have given him the tools that he needed with the exception of last year's draft. You know, and and I understand that they rarely draft a wide receiver for him in the first round or ever, and they've never done anything significant in the first round for him is the way it, it's viewed. But the guy does uh, a lot with what he does have. They did re-sign. I can't believe I'm pounding the table for the front office, but I am, and I appreciate the call, <laughs> Jeff. Thank you. They did. They did re-sign Aaron Jones. 
They re-signed their own. They had to do that. I thought if they were going to let him walk, remember they were oh, going to look like they were going to let him walk, or, like, or they were working on it. Like yeah. then I'd be like, "What are they doing?" That was mandatory, right? They drafted two linemen around a wide receiver, and I know I had a lot of fun with that because it's a Mari Rogers, it's an A Rogers, and and he's like a Randall Cobb comp. Like that was who Daniel Jeremiah yeah. says this guy's. A, so they got him a new version of Randall Cobb, two linemen because they did lose they did lose his center. The idea that they've given him nothing, I think, is 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 uh, I I think it's 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 what's the word for it? Uh, I I think that's overblown. And I think the best place for Aaron Rodgers to play football is Green Bay. They did give him a young, dynamic coach. Yeah. Certainly, if he was in you know all, everything that came out of that. What was that? Was that Bleacher Report a couple years ago, Chris? I think that was a BR report when that came out. That, oh, yeah. That, that McCarthy was busy getting massages and Rodgers was changing plays in the huddle and it was a holy hot mess. We were in New York. You know, and there were a ton of unnamed reports and Greg Jennings was not happy and he was actually putting his name on it. And, you know, and it looked like a holy hot mess and they changed that and they got him a dynamic coach in the mold of Kyle Shanahan. You know what I mean? Like, and they've won 26 games in two years and gotten to the NFC Championship game last two years. Would it have helped for them to have drafted a corner 26th overall instead of Jordan Love? Would it have helped to draft a linebacker, wide receiver, anything other than Jordan Love? Of course. Yes. Of course. Yeah, Rich, since 2011, okay, Aaron Rodgers is great on offense. The defense is what has not been helping Aaron Rodgers. Since 2011, okay, in playoff losses, here's what they've given up since 2011. 37, 45, 23, 28, 26, 44, 37, and 31 points. This year, that touchdown they gave up before the half was a killer. Scotty Miller. Right. But there were a couple of moments in the second half where the defense turned Brady over and the Packers offense did not do anything with it and then got taken off the field. It just it was when you're relying on him to score 40 just to win a playoff. It was game. brutal. But everybody in has a hand in the reason why Rodgers has only won once. And and part of it definitely was at some point they did not draft for him when he was in his big time prime. And I know that people might view this video later on if they see it or right now they're watching on Peacock. What's Rich talking about? They didn't draft. He's only thrown a touchdown to one first-round player, and that's Mercedes Lewis in his entire career. Yeah, I get it. But the Devontae Adams is going to the Hall of Fame. That's happening, I think. He's on that path. He's on that path. He's on the path. Okay. Rodgers may share a bust room with him. And he does make incredible chicken salad (laughs) over the years. Okay. But the idea that they they have not supported him at all, uh, I I don't, I'm not going to buy that one. But the ultimate support's got to come right now in the form of a contract that makes him, that, that erases this. The problem is, is the front office is always looking five, seven years down the road. And with him pushing 38, they're not going to give him a like a monster long-term deal. He probably wants more than what the Packers are willing to give. 
And that's where there's no give and take right now. Again, I I don't know, man. I, I'm reading all of these reports. I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. But I believe the way out of it is to give him the contract that he wants. And if not, deal with the consequences and see if you can win with Jordan Love earlier than you thought. Because he's not going to wait around and let you do it on your timetable anymore. Michael Vick still to come on this program. Same with John Lee Hancock, the director of The Blind Side and The Rookie and The Little Things. And one last thing I want to hit here on the Peacock-only segment. Hello, Peacock. Um, the The idea that Rodgers wants Gutekunst fired, I don't, I don't know if I buy that either. I, again, I don't know how difficult Aaron is being off line. I don't know this. You know, I. you never know anybody, but I think in the conversations that I've had with him, I, I, I don't know. Does he basically say, I want this general manager out of here? Because they know what they want. Mark Murphy is in the Bob Harlan mold. Gutekunst clearly appears to be in the Ted Thompson mold, right? They don't go hog wild in free agency. Nope. They draft whoever the hell they want when they want. And they cut whoever they want when they want. And I heard all about that Jake Kumaro being cut the day after Aaron Rodgers says he's one of my favorite receivers pissed him off. And you can't let your quarterback be the general manager, right? Even even Jason Light, but uh, I guess you can't do that, can you? I mean, is Jason Light and 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 uh, Bruce Arians letting Brady get whoever he wants? It looks like that, right? Doesn't it look that way? I mean, <laughs> you say you a quarterback hey, can't yeah. be the GM. I and guess Gronk, Fournette, Antonio Brown. He's pitching Edelman. But, during but, it, the, but it worked. They're in the draft. It worked to his advantage. So <laughs> maybe the Packers should just try that. All right, Aaron, you want to be the GM? Go for it. Give him a year. Yeah, so it works. Give out. him a year. <laughs> <laughs> But I just don't think he wants the guy fired because that guy's only going to get replaced by somebody just like him. Yeah. They're not going to fire the general manager. If right. they're going to, they're just not going to do that. I just, I don't even, I think the guy who he wants out of there, he will never say it. And he's apparently, you know, had a better relationship with him than Favre had with Aaron is Jordan Love. He won't say it. He won't say it. Jordan's got to get out of here. He's not going to, I don't think so. Maybe he has an, in, he won't say it publicly, that's for damn sure. But the contract demands that he's making clearly has put the timetable that the Packers want for Jordan Love further down the road than the Packers planned or want. That's got to be the, the give and take here. It can't be like dollars and cents. It's got to be like, hey, the contract of demands you're asking for pushes Jordan Love further down the road than we want. Because we got to evaluate it in time for pick up a 50-year option, which is why we drafted him in the first round. And Rodgers is like, okay, so what? Why did they draft him in the first round? <laughs>